Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. Bras, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast, a dental advice show. I'm Joshua Austin. And I am Lance Timmerman. Lance, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Stuffed my face. I was gluttonous. Very nice. And you had 5,000 people at your house? Just under 5,000. Yeah, we we, we had to cap it. Yeah. We'll we'll sell tickets next year. Did did you have like a VIP experience that you sold tickets for this year? <laughs> we should have. You get a foot rub from Lance. Yeah, I. Uh, we'll see how that uh, turns out next year. I'll, I'll I'll report. Was our uh, was our good friend the brother Clint there? Clint did make it. Yeah. Nice. Good. 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 I like I like that. Yeah, he was here. He was. Then he's like, "Where's my Wheeler Walker Junior T-shirt?" And I'm like, "Oh, that was yours." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I got your T-shirt. I've been thinking about something for you guys. I'm going to get you guys. I just need to send to you guys. So no, you go and get it and send to you guys, and uh, figure we we talk about it okay. on the show. Sure. Um, you know, your I mean, was uh, your turkey lurkey everywhere? Yeah, everything was good. Um, did the sous vide thing? Did a couple turkey breast sous vide? Nice. Came out nice. Everything. Everything was good. You know who's a dumbass? Besides us? <laughs> I was referring to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In the brief history of our show, we've been going for a year. Uh-huh. In the brief history of our show, I've complained about doing webinars multiple times. You have. Guess who keeps saying yes to stupid <laughs> webinars? Are you a web whore? Here's the problem. <laughs> they ask you to do it like months in advance. Okay. And so it's like in sometime over the summer, like in the spring, they're like, hey, you want to do a webinar in November? Like, yeah, whatever. It's going to be like, that'll never even get here. It's fine. The world will have ended by then. It's fine. That's right. And then here, like, here it comes. And if you're like, yeah, uh, of course, this is future Josh's problem. But now, Josh. Right. This is not, (laughs) yeah, I'm not going to have to worry about this. (laughs) Lo and behold, two in the same week on Tuesday and Wednesday. So (sighs) I just got done with one. Oh, wow. And I've got another one tomorrow. Well, any the one today, on topics? I mean, today was kind of the uh, what I call the power hour, like my online review, sort okay. of like the leanest, meanest, sure hour that I have. That's like, let's be honest, it's like three quarters jokes. But here's a problem <laughs> with doing it over webinar. Uh huh. Is that I can't oh. see or hear what lands, <laughs> and so yeah. it's just, yeah. it's like it'd be rough. So it'd be like doing your stand-up bit in like a controlled, like a, oh yeah, like a soundproof box or whatever, and not knowing how anybody was reacting to it. Because anything, the, the, so. the best part of, of the speaking, the, when when a good one happens, it's, it's the interaction with the, the with the people. How, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's, there's that. none of that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then tomorrow it's on glass ionomer. Oh, yum. I like it on toast. <sighs> it's great. on It's excellent. It's, it's that with it, Vegemite. You know, it's, it's good. Yeah. yeah, it's an acquired taste. Um, I like glass ionomer. I use a lot of it um, okay. in the right situations, right? And like, so that's kind of the deal is like, let's talk about the right situations. There's a couple of new ones. Mm-hmm. That are are a little little different than traditional stuff, and so okay. it's kind of going over that. But it, that's with GC America, so I don't feel like too much of a whore on that one. No, no, and GC is awesome. So good I mean, on that's you. like they're the glass ionomer company. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, but like this week, the you know, of course, I didn't. I was like, oh, I'll get it done Thanksgiving weekend. Of course, it's. <laughs> Sunday night of eight o'clock. I haven't started anything. It's not happening. So I did a lot of it last night during Monday night football. And I'm like, I have my old operative textbook out, like Uh reading chapters on glass. I was like, Oh, it's painful. Oh, wow. Um, but it's, I don't know the way I feel the way, like I've always realized is I'm not good about saying like, I'm going to sit down and work on a new hour of material. 
Mm. That like that just doesn't happen. Like I don't no. proactively go and do that. What I have to do is get asked to do something uh-huh. and then say yes and then be forced to put together that hour. That's kind of how I was in college. Uh, term yeah. paper, 10 pages. Yeah, the night before is when I start. Right. Yeah, Hence, I mean, it's uh, really just... bad term papers. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. There's something about like being able to turn that on or whatever. I, yeah, yeah. If there's no drive to get it done, I yeah. just don't think it, I don't think it happens. I, I, I don't know. I, I would love to talk to somebody who like is much more methodical or planned or whatever. Right, right. Um, there's just not me. Dude. Not me at all. No, no. And I think my daughter, Brianna, has the same problem. She, it's last minute. She, but she performs under pressure. So, you know, if you get it done, you got it done. I was listening today to our favorite brothers, the McElroy brothers. Yes. On their show, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, which uh-huh. really we've, we've, we do our own thing, but we do borrow some yeah. formatting things of sure. theirs. And, we, we, and we've, on a, we've talked of our unabashed, uh, unabashed love for the McElroy brothers. Right. And there's a couple of McElroy shows that I really like. One is My Brother, My Brother, Me. The other one is Sawbones. Have you ever heard Sawbones? I have not. Sawbones is a... Uh, I'm going to try to come up with a tagline. A marital tour of misguided medicine. So <laughs> Justin McElroy, the oldest brother, uh-huh. is married to a internal medicine physician. Hmm. And so they have a show where they pull out like leeches right they and they just talk about like the history of leeches and like what bullshit science like made doctors want to use leeches or whatever like snake oil bullshit right okay it's a great show it's 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 awesome um i once did a i once did a talk about the history of water fluoridation Uh and like that's where i got 90 percent of the stuff was from their show on water fluoridation oh wow they're just it's really good really entertaining um, it's great stuff. And, and so like at the end of my brother, my brother and me, do you know what the sort of Justin's tagline is at the end of a bim bam? It's kiss your dad square on the lips. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and at the end of Sawbones, his tagline is, uh, you know, it's like, thank you for listening to Sawbones and don't drill a hole in your head. Right. Like, so <laughs> then he has like this sentence that he says at the end of every show. Okay. We don't have that. No. I've been thinking about it. Okay. I'm going to run a few by you. Okay. Did you take out the cord? How about that? Okay. <laughs> Next. So it would <laughs> so it'd be, it'd be, thanks for listening to Working Interferences. Did you take out the cord? Because it's like, to me, that's like the end of a crown prep appointment, right? Right, right. That's the last thing. And so that's, and that's something I find myself saying. I've had assistants that have worked for me for years, and I find myself saying that all the time. Did you remember to take out the court, right? No, that's not striking okay. you. Well, no, it, it might. I just need to compare it. Because, you know, it's got to be, I, I think it has to be somewhat whimsical, right? Sure. It's like saying, um, say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Yeah. Yeah, who's Gracie? Is that from Burns and Allen? Uh, what's it from? Burns and Allen, George Burns. Oh, I thought what was that? What was that movie from a few uh, Little Miss Sunshine? Oh yeah, I remember that. Isn't that line in it? They might have. Probably it was Burns. probably an homage to Burns and Allen. Okay, who's Allen? Steve Gracie. Allen. Gracie Allen. I think they were Grayson? married at one point. Gracie. Yeah. Okay, I don't know who that is. It's really old. <laughs> it's back when George Burns actually looked like a pretty decent, uh, dapper young man. So 1850-ish. Yeah. Um, all right. So how about... Uh, I think it came out right when the talkies started. The talkies. <laughs> um, how about something like uh, working interferences where smiles go to laugh. You know, like like Dennis smile and they come here to laugh. What do you think? Or where <laughs> smiles go to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah, cord one's like sounding one. better and better. <laughs> I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Uh, let's see. Where Are you using like a Google these? auto-generator or something? No. <laughs> How about that like predictive text? I'm going to text Lance something. Let's see what predictive text would say. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. 
I'm, I'm firing up a text to Lance. Let's see, predictive. I have to type something. Okay. So this is just like the first word from every like every predictive. I just hit the first word <laughs> over and over and over. So I just sent it to you. Okay. And I want you to did it come into your phone? <laughs> it did. <laughs> Why don't you read it? So this is just the, like you know in the in iPhone. There's a, if you just so I just randomly hit a letter and I think it hit J and so then uh-huh. I just hit the 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 middle word uh-huh. until it made a sentence and so read that sentence. Okay, just let you guys have fun with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, that's good. Huh. That's um, good times. All right. I just did another one. I hit R and went from there. <laughs> okay. Really nice to have you guys to come home and work out for dinner. <laughs> huh. Well, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, it just worked perfectly. Although I'm not sure that would be a good tagline to finish the show with. Although the first one might. <laughs> okay, please do you want to see how I can make you want to? <laughs> sounds like a Vietnamese hooker. Me, me, love you long time. <laughs> All right, this is just if I hit the letter N. This okay. is where we got. Nice and good for service patient. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is... This is some quality podcasting. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> this is, I think, the best one. There this is go. just a letter D. I like this is yeah, my favorite this, one. This, this is a new tagline. Do you think I want to see it? <laughs> yes, that's it. That's the random predictive text. It generates our tagline. I think it's going to be the think title I of this episode. See it? There it is. There it title. is. Oh, man. I love iPhone. It's so good. So, so good. good. Well, Lance, this is an advice show. Allegedly. (laughs) That's a new one. We answer your questions. We answer questions. We find in all those neat little dental Facebook groups. We answer questions from Reddit. We strive to help dentists and dental team members with our own unique brand advice. So please, dentists, we need your questions. They are the sustenance we crave. You can submit your questions to workinginterferences at gmail.com. Now, we don't want just any question, do we, Lance? Not at all. We don't want a bunch of boring questions like, what's the best glass ionomer? Because we all know that GC America makes the best glass ionomers of all time. Hands we down. want the tough questions. We want the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer. Question one. It's really more like comment one. Okay. As opposed to question, but it, it's just too good to not talk about. Okay. This comes from listener Kobe. Dr. Dudes. I can tell you for sure that a circumcision is hands down an order of magnitude worse than a vasectomy. I was circumcised at 13, and it absolutely was the worst. Fuck, it sucked. You are right, though. You're not going to pop a bone for like two weeks, even as a 13-year-old boy. A few months ago, before I started my D1 year, I got a vasectomy. I've had worse Peter taps playing grab ass in the locker room. Dr. Dick is in for a bad time. Sincerely, Kobe, DDS candidate. Kobe's been through the ringer, my guy. I, that, yeah, his mute has been mutilated. Kobe's Kobe's junk has seen some scalpel blades. That's right. That's right. It's it's seen a probably a fifteen C, maybe like a twelve B blade. There you I don't know, know for that yeah. like that back action that you need to get to do the. Uh, to do the, um, you do back know, action always on the D. Yeah, you got to. Um, God, that's a lot of man. That's a lot of of stuff to have had happen yeah. to your junk. Yeah, in that... a relatively short span. How old are you when you start dental school? Aren't you around I mean, twenty two? I'm, I'm guessing this guy's a little bit older. Okay, maybe right. If maybe. he had a vasectomy before his D one year, so maybe his second career kind of deal. Oh yeah. So let's say he's twenty three. Okay. Let's say he's 25. Let's be safe. Okay. 25. He's starting. So that means it's 2018. When he was 13, it would have been 12 years ago. Okay. Right? And so that would be sure. 2006. 
His name's Kobe. Okay. So in 2006, a patient named Kobe walks into a urologist's office to get his foreskin removed. Do you think after the urologist trimmed away the foreskin, he's now holding in his gloved hand Kobe's foreskin? Do you think he shot it at the biohazard thing like a basketball and said, Kobe, you know, like shot, like shot it. <laughs> Nothing but like the, Chappelle, like the Chappelle sketch or whatever. Like, and Kobe is like the best player in the world in 2006. Right. I guarantee you he like he took that foreskin and shot it like a basketball towards the biohazard. <laughs> and, he, and he said Kobe at the time. Kobe. Because that's everybody. Like any, if I took off my gloves, like uh-huh. I, I would have been a senior in dental school in 2006. If I took off my gloves and, and shot them at the, at the hoop, right, uh-huh. the, at the trash can as a hoop, I would have said Kobe. Like that's just what I would have done in 2006. It makes sense. It really does. I, I really hope that the urologist did that. I hope the urologist <laughs> watched Chappelle's show. Please. I don't want to go see a urologist who's never seen the Chappelle show. Right, right. Um, so this sounds bad. I, I love the the talk of this made a circumcision made of a vasectomy feel like a Peter tap. Yeah, that um, was that's some good imagery there. Did you was that something that you guys did? Like, no. you remember that like trying to walk around and like catch catch your buddies off guard or whatever and like thump them in the balls. Yeah, my my school. You tried doing that once. We're, we kicked your ass. So it didn't. It really was okay. a short lived thing. I think that's. A, I think that's like a kid of the '90s thing. That could be because that was something that kind of happened around a lot, like kind of at my age. Okay, we we it's were really the, stupid. We just snapped the towels, that kind of thing. But we never did a Peter tap. I wonder if there's any like horror stories about snapping towels. Like there's got to like, be. Putting someone's eye out or something. Uh, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just Googling snapping towel horror story. Okay. The, the towel's got to be wet, though, right? It works better. Yeah, you certainly get that that sharp snap sound with a wet oh, one. How, this is crazy. At the straightdope.com okay. has an article. Is the sound of a snapping towel a sonic boom? <laughs> <laughs> My uncle told me that the sound of a towel snapping was the end of it breaking the sound barrier. My first thought was no way. If a towel went the speed of sound, I'd have to cut you when it hit you. So I just told him I'd have to ask Cecil what the sound really was when you snap a towel. Well, isn't Hope that what they say that when you crack a whip? Isn't that what the whip is doing? I've never heard that before. I thought that I heard back in the Indiana Jones but talk. But this talks about 80s. it. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Hope you didn't put serious money on this, Jerry. If your uncle had been talking about a bullwhip, he definitely would have been right. Back in the 50s, yes, that's the last century, three <laughs> scientists at the Naval Research Laboratory measured the speed of the tip of a bullwhip by shooting the action of the high-speed camera at 4,000 frames per second. The maximum speed turned out to be 1,400 feet per second, about 25% faster than the speed of sound in air. So the crack of a whip is, in fact, a miniature version of a sonic boom created by just traveling faster than the speed of sound. This experiment was written up in the Journal of Acoustical Society of America, Volume 30, page 1112 in 1958. If this stuff thrills you, this might be the society for you. Whoa. Wait, is that part of the Illuminati? Yes, I think so. <laughs> the Acoustical Society of America, for sure. Wow. That's definitely part of the Trilateral Commission in the New World Order. Okay. But you and your uncle weren't talking about bull whips, showing about towels. I'm struggling to this to tell you that your uncle is full of bull and should be whipped. We'll deny how creative physics students can be when trying to come up with a unique project. Back in the early 90s, three students at North Carolina School of Science and Mathematics. Straight. That's a party school right oh, there, yeah. dude. For it's sure. like Florida State, um, Florida, Texas. Arizona State and then the North Carolina Society of Science and Mathematics. <laughs> this is just like, yeah, dude, it is popping off at those schools. Apparently, anticipating your discussion with your uncle, set out to prove that the speed of the tip of a snap towel can exceed the speed of ten, just like a bullwhip. The students not having the resources of the Naval Research Laboratory. <laughs> What's more embarrassing is is that a tougher look for the North Carolina <laughs> School of Science and Mathematics, or is that a tougher look for the Naval Research Laboratory that they have the equipment that they can do bullshit studies like that? <laughs> which which is it worse? Right, right. It's bad for both. Couldn't yeah. afford a high-speed camera, so they had to rig up some high-speed photographic equipment. Um, let's see. Which, I, a.k.a. their iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> 
this was in the early 90s, so that maybe they had oh. an Apple Newton uh, doing this. <laughs> Getting a picture of a snapping towel wasn't easy. The students had to learn proper towel snapping technique. No small feat. In addition, the towel tip had to be within a very small area at the time of the snappage to paint camera range. Uh, let's see. After a month of attempts, can you imagine this? For a month, Whoa. this trio of students are just snapping towels over and over and over and over. The trio finally achieved a decent snap, and it appeared that the tip of the towel had gone supersonic. But the result was so close to the actual speed of sound, they didn't feel it provided unequivocal evidence. So they kept at it, making minor adjustments in their technique. More failures led to more changes. And finally, three months after starting, they had proof positive that their end of the towel did indeed break the speed of sound. Wow. That is an an interesting semester of work. Yeah, yeah. What kind of grant money did they get for that? So have you ever been snapped like real good with a towel? Oh, yeah. So... It doesn't do that much, though. Like, it doesn't cut you, right? No, no I've had bruises, but, you know, that's Yeah. For small. breaking the speed of sound, you think it would, like, really screw you up. Yeah. You, you would imagine certainly some sort of damage. That's awesome. Okay, so that was your sort of in-the-day locker room stuff. There yeah. wasn't a lot of towels. I mean, there was just, like... You guys just air-dried? Yes. Walked around naked until you you were dry enough. Is there anything more horrifying than walking around naked when you're a 13 year old around other kids your age? Exactly. Yeah. Nothing. That's the the worst thing in the world. No, but there was a lot of ball tap. We also used to do this deal where you would like make a circle with your fingers and try to get somebody to look at it. Right. Yeah. You remember that one? Yep. That was a good. That was one that we did a lot of. Yeah. A lot of that. Does that have a name? Is it just the ring game, the circle game? Let's let's Google yeah, that. I don't know. It probably got something like you know, Rochambeau has its own meeting. So. The finger circle game. And it like um, had to be below the waist. You couldn't put just put it in uh, line of sight. It had to be down low. At least that was. Yeah, our you role. can't just like go and put it in front of someone's eyes. Yeah, it had to be the down circle below. game. That's just what it's called, circle game. Yeah. It's on Urban Dictionary, the circle game. Okay. A game of peripheral vision, trickery, and motor skills. The game starts out when an, an, the offensive player creates a circle with their thumb and forefinger, not unlike an AOK uh, signal somewhere below the waist. His goal is to trick another person looking at his hand. If the victim looks at his hand, he's lost the game and subsequently hit on the bicep with a close fist by the offensive player. So, yeah, it's like yeah. a thing. Okay. This is a thing. So there, that was a big thing. When I was in when I was in school, so it's the circle, um, circle and, game. So, but different than circle jerk. Very different than circle jerk. Can it be done yeah. simultaneously. The circle jerk <laughs> is where you get a bunch of guys together and you watch the Steve Martin movie called The Jerk. Yep. And um, and then you wrote Rochambeau. Another tough look for my guy Steve Martin. The first like sentence of that movie. Do you remember it? I was born the son of a sharecropper. Was, I think it's. I was born. It's it's, it's way worse than that. Yeah. Like today, yeah. it's worse than that. Yeah. First line of the jerk. Um. It's on a list of the twenty greatest opening lines in cinema history. Um. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, come on. I hate these stupid things where it's like, makes me, oh, it didn't make this list. Really? Oh, did I miss it? It's, this is one of those like BuzzFeed sites that's oh, yeah. garbage. It's a little bit edited. Sure. Yeah, it's not in there. Wow. Um... I was born a poor black child. There you go. That's mm, racially that's tough. (laughs) I don't feel like you could do that today. I don't feel that you could get away with that being the opening line to your movie today. Yeah, I I think you're playing with fire. Might as well be wearing blackface. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, Megan Kelly. I used to love Megan Kelly. <laughs> Not because I thought she was a great journalist. I just right, thought she was right. smoking hot. Yeah, it had nothing to do with journalism. <laughs> Top 20 greatest opening lines in cinema history. Rebecca, 1940. Never heard of it. Skip that. Yeah. Done. I don't care. Um, Oliver, 1968. Please, sir, I want some more. Yeah, there you go. Patton. Um, Annie Hall. I'm not a bum. I'm a jerk. I once had wealth and power and the love of a beautiful woman. Now I only have two things, my friends and uh, my thermos. Um, there you go. Oh, this is a great one. Stand by me. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. There you go. It's pretty good. Good show. Uh, Field of Dreams. I am 36 years old. I love my family. I love baseball, and I'm about to become a farmer. But until I heard the voice, I had never done a crazy thing in my whole life. That's a good one. Yeah. Goodfellas. As as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. To me, being a gangster was better than being president of the United States. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Fight Club. People are always asking me if I know Tyler Durden. That's good. This Mm -hmm. guy's really good. High Fidelity. Mm -hmm. What came first, the music or the misery? That's good. Oh, yeah. That's got to be your jam, right? You got to be yeah. down for high, fi- high oh, fidelity. Love it, great John Cusack. Have you read the the book? No, I kept meaning to, and just kind of. I've read other books really? by by Nick uh, Nick, Nick Hornby, Hornby, I believe yeah. the suit is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great, great flick. Great book. Uh, hi- highly recommend. All right. Um, how the hell did we get onto that? Uh, Peter Tap. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um. <laughs> So it's not really a question here, but I do love the fact that, like, as a 13-year-old boy, he he says, quote, not going to pop a bone for, like, two weeks. That is saying something. That is – that's a testament right there to how bad circumcision is as as an adult. I had another listener that emailed me because mm-hmm. um, I think I said at some point I'm a little fuzzy on the anatomy of foreskin. <laughs> Um, which I still am. Like, I still don't understand. Uh Okay. Um, And so someone sent me... A screenshot of their... Or a picture of their own junk. They sent me an Instagram post from an account called Duvet underscore Days, which is an artist. uh, And the, the... Profile says using design to create awareness, self discovery, and space for self love while being a voice for those affected by rape and domestic abuse. So that's a tough look for me, laughing at the self love thing, and then it goes on to say that. It's yeah, tough. that's tough. So this is like a really artistic, and I'll send this to you. Okay, um, oh, and we can post it as well. A very sort of artistic rendering, artistic drawing of a penis with the stuff about a foreskin. Um, mm. it's, I still am not learning a lot from this. It's, it's not super duper informative. Okay. Um, but I, I was flattered that someone sent it to me um, to help increase my understanding of the foreskin. It's all educational. Yeah. Yeah. So this is from the post duvet days, duvet underscore days. The foreskin is not only the protector of the glands penis, the head of the penis, and urinary meatus. Oh, it is the ultimate <laughs> sexual pleaser. The foreskin contains 20,000 nerve endings, which is the highest concentration of nerve endings on the penis, while the glands penis has roughly another 7,000 nerve endings. It is also the perfect lubricator <laughs> as the pre, prepucial mucosa of the penis is the epithelium of the inner foreskin. It is not only... It not only lubricates and moisturizes the glands penis, also secretes antibacterial and antiviral properties. Just like everything in our anatomy, there are variations, and that is what makes us unique and beautiful. The foreskin generally covers the glands penis in a flaccid state. During erection, the foreskin retracts, exposing the glands penis to the various degrees depending on the length of the foreskin. Foreskin truly deserves to be talked about, <laughs> honored, and celebrated. Huh. It is about taking the time. To not only educate ourselves, it is about appreciating, exploring, and honoring all the intricacies of our incredible body. Lance, I feel like we haven't been celebrating the foreskin. <laughs> I'll admit, I'll raise my hand right now, as <laughs> there's been a, a dearth of celebration. 
We've not been celebrating the foreskin, and I think that's a tough look for us, Lance. We should make T-shirts. Celebrate the foreskin. Celebrate the foreskin. Where's Clint? Clint Timmerman? Yeah, get on it. Celebrate the foreskin, Clint. That's fucking. That's our tagline. Damn it! Celebrate the foreskin. Celebrate the foreskin. You've been listening to Working Interferences, a Dill Advice Show. Don't forget to celebrate the foreskin. That's it, dude. That's it. That's the natural. That's the way it's supposed to be. That okay. is the way it's supposed to be. So thank you to Kobe. Not only did you score 81 points against the Toronto Raptors, you got circumcised to 13, which eventually led to us finding our tagline. So we Kobe's foreskin had to die for us to find our tagline. Yeah. Have you ever seen Saving Private Ryan? I have. At the, at the end, isn't Did like, you ever like see crying. Saving Ryan's, Ryan's private. <laughs> Saving Ryan's private. <laughs> Seen them both. Okay. Both pretty good. Um, I think at the end, when like the old Matt Damon is crying to his wife, like, uh-huh. "Have I led a good life? Have I like been a good man to make up for the seven people or whatever that died for me?" Uh-huh. Um, like. I think at the end of the podcast, when this is all over, like we're going to be crying and saying, "Like, did were like was this podcast good enough yeah. for Kobe's foreskin?" <laughs> like, <laughs> did it die in vain? Did it? Yeah, did it die in vain? Yeah. Holy shit, Lance! <laughs> Celebrate the foreskin. Done. Celebrate it. <laughs> Celebrate the foreskin. Come on. Um, question two from Sully. How long do you deal with patients who just want us to be a car wash and come in and get their teeth cleaned with no desire to address issues going on in their teeth? I think this becomes more complicated in an age where we are treating more than gum disease and tooth decay. For instance, sleep, parafunction, grinding, erosion, etc. I want to just fire these patients, but I'm curious to how long will y'all let them linger in your practice or what all to have documented to basically fire these patients? Well, I guess fire. Do you fire these? I, I do like the term car wash. Yeah, that was a good way to put it. What do you do with your car washes? Car washers, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, well, I uh, I guess it all comes down to, are you busy enough to, to not miss these people? So if you're yeah. a growing practice and, and, and you need people. Um, people. People who need people. Exactly. The luckiest people. If you're booked out eight months and so losing a few people here and there is no big deal, then yeah, you know, if you don't enjoy seeing them on the schedule, get rid of them. But I, and I think I, I commented on that. It was a Facebook post and I did comment, you know, I inform and then move on. It's their decision, kind of the libertarian approach that you, you talked about. You know, I, I, I don't care more than they do. If they don't give a rip. I don't either. Here's the thing, though. Most of my big cases aren't like on a con- – they don't book after a comprehensive exam. No, no. I Yeah, the big Meaning, cases usually like take I've time. I've had them for a while, yeah, right? And yeah. like they've been a car wash patient for a while. Mm-hmm. And it takes time for that to turn into something. Yeah. And so I, I get the frustration and I, I hit like a massive frustration point with sleep stuff. Because, like, I went into Grouse's course, and I was, like, all ready to roll, and I'm talking to these people, and it was, like, I had done education on two main things in my career. One was sleep apnea, and the other one was was gummy smile. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, I found the two things that so many people have that no one gives a shit about, right? Exactly. Like, yep. I would talk to these people about gummy smile, and they'd be, like, yeah, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. And yep. then same thing with sleep. Like, no, nah, whatever. I just, you know, whatever bullshit excuse, right? Right. Um, and it was like, all right. Like, I'm so glad I've invested in all this bullshit that's never going to turn into fucking anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I market externally specifically for that kind of stuff. Because the people calling yeah. about it, well, they want it. So now it's an easy sell. Right. But trying to convert someone just in hygiene and they just want a dental home, just clean my teeth. Uh, that's all I want. Trying to convert them to do anything is... You're pissing up a rope. Yeah. 
I, I think, you know, I, he, and, and Sully said specifically, you know, he brought up Perio and, and Decay. And I think those are things yeah. that you, you know, you, you've got to you've got to document that you've, you know, and I, and I find those to be rare, like people who are just like recalcitrant to wanting to treat Perio to yeah. wanting to treat Decay. Like that's rare. But like the patients who have some sort of occlusal issue and need a full arch of dentistry or more, uh-huh. you know, people like that sort of more exotic kind of stuff. Like I have a hard time firing a patient because they don't want to do a full mouth rehab. Yeah. Agreed. Now, if they start, like if stuff's starting to break down and they want me to just patch it up with composite and get pissed when something fails, like uh-huh. that's a different story, but just right. sort of the like, Oh, they've got some apnea, but they're not ready to face it yet. Or they've got altered, they've got gummy smile and they don't want to treat it. Or they've got ugly teeth and they don't want to treat it, but everything's functioning fine. Like, I, that's it. I think that's tough to fire somebody because they don't. Yeah, and, and I look at it this way: before the age of Yelp and reviews and things, uh, I was known to fire a patient for whichever reason. In the day and age where they have that, they can wield that kind of power. You're playing with fire by firing them because they wouldn't accept treatment. Because you know that the the review that they're going to post online is I got kicked out because I wouldn't take his do his expensive yeah. uh, treatment plan. And I just want my teeth cleaned. So that yeah. it's a dangerous thing to be be doing. I mean, we're, we're all tempted, but if they're still coming and they keep their appointment, I see them every six months or I see them every three months, whatever the deal is, and they're they're following through with that part. You know, you still might get them. It just, it's just not now. I, I think some of my bigger cases, hell, I'm seating a, a full moth tomorrow that she, I first met her 10 years ago and uh, she came back to me off and on for, I want another consult, another exam. And so when she finally accepted, I hadn't heard from her in three years and she called a month ago saying I'm ready. So I, yeah. didn't, I didn't see her regularly all along the way. I wanted to, but she just wasn't that way. But I don't think, yeah, I just think it's... <sighs> If that, someone's got rampant decay and, mm-hmm. and they don't, they just want to come in and get their cleanings or whatever, and you know, I, I don't know, they're calling every three months because they've got a toothache and they just want Norco. You know, yeah. that's that's a different kind of thing, right? But like because someone's got a CRCO shift and they don't want to do like ortho and yeah. crown lengthening and crowns on, like that's I. Ugh. I feel yeah. tough firing that patient. No, and I don't. My, I try to be a proactive treatment planner, things like that. I, t- I show you. I take photos. I show you everything and let you choose and stuff. But if you you want me to be a fireman dentist, just putting out fires as they come along, that's fine. I do that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's profit to be made in that, yeah. right? Like, hell yeah, that's they're motivated to do some kind of treatment, whether it be endo or a crown or an extraction, whatever. Like, yeah, I don't. And there's also something you said for like keeping hygiene busy, right? Yep. For sure. And so you need X number of patients to do that. And it's just like not everyone is going to have the same philosophy about their health as you do. Yeah. And I think we have to be kind of okay with that. And I think that that's different than the patient who doesn't want scaling root planing and all that. You know, we're not talking yeah. about those kind of patients. Right. Um, this is just tough. It's such an awkward thing. Yeah. My, my mentor, Bill Robbins, used to talk about kind of the four dental practices, right? The four different types of dental practices. Okay. And, and most people are a two or a three. And you have some outliers at one and you have some outliers at four. Your, your type one practice is your um, like DMO, accept everything. Okay. You know, you know that, that type of practice like takes every plan, you know, that sort of type of deal. Then your two is like, you know, mainly a PPO practice, whatever, right? Yeah. Your three is going to be like a fee-for-service practice. And then your four is going to be like a true boutique, only do full mouth rehabs, only do full arches, only do comprehensive dentistry kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And the fact is that very few people have that office. Right, right. You know, even even the guys like Scramstad and stuff like that, like they don't, you know, that's, that's not their practice. Like it's just such a very, very small niche. Yeah. And that, people. that niche is getting smaller and smaller. As, Absolutely. So, and it's like, you know, it's like Ed McLaren is one of those guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody once told me Ross Nash is one of those guys. And actually I don't believe that Ross Nash is one of those guys. I think Ross Nash is probably type three practice and not a type four. Okay. Um, but, that just like, uh, 
I get like, yes, that's where you want to be. And that's like what you want to do. But man, if you have to burn a lot of bridges to get there, it's going to make it really tough on you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a growth mode again, constantly reinventing the wheel. I'm not in no position to be dismissing people for that. Yeah, I agree. And it's like your, some of your bigger cases are going to be ones that you've had in your practice for 10 plus years yeah. that just haven't ever, you know, that just haven't, it hasn't been the right time in their life to say yes. Yeah. And now it's their time, right? And if you dismissed them, someone else is getting that case, right? Yeah. Someone else that earned their trust and someone else that understood their situation. And I, I don't know, just all that kind of stuff. I, I just, I saw homily once and homily kind of talked about the sort of will wait with you kind of deal. So if you get like Invisalign's a great, a great example. Like you've got somebody who's interested in Invisalign, but it's just not the right time in their life. Like you use that verbiage, like it's okay. Like we'll wait with you, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be here for you when you're ready. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think you kind of have to be that. So I don't know. I wouldn't fire somebody just because they didn't want to do something like that. Now, they got gaping decay everywhere, and they don't want to do anything like that. They just want you to check off their free cleaning. Different kind of story. Okay. How often do you get your car washed in Seattle? Do you just uh, never get it washed? It, it's 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 in the summer. Okay. Twice. Twice in the summer. Uh-huh. God, I get my car washed like... Every two to four weeks really? at the minimum. Yeah. Sometimes weekly, like sometimes I'll do like a tunnel, like I'll do a tunnel wash in the off week okay. and then like a full all out, like hand wash every other week usually. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I like a clean car. Yeah. I really like a clean car. I just hate, um, I just hate washing the car and then the next day it pours rain on it and then it's, yeah, but you know what? To me, spots. the outside of the car is like the little is the least amount of it. Yeah, I love a clean inside of the car. Oh yeah, get, get, I get, love it. Yeah, get a detailed, and it's it's feels a brand new. I, yeah, so I've been kind of having the itch to get a new car. Um, I went and looked at at uh, at something, and they tried to like. It's the typical bait and switch. So like, I go to the website, and they've got one that I like. And it's a reasonable cost. And so I go to look and like, oh, that one sold last night. Like, oh, of course it did. Right. Yeah. But we have this one and it's like, it was a $90,000 like red Range Rover. Yeah. And it was like, first off, like um, I don't have Lil with an apostrophe in front of my name. So like a red <laughs> right. Range Rover with 24 inch wheels is probably Spinners. not for me. Right. But <laughs> like, let's at least talk about it. And, uh, you know, they lowballed me on, on my trade and, yeah. you know, then like wouldn't budge on this. It was like, like, listen, I'm, I can see the date that this was delivered. It was delivered like 11 months ago. It hasn't sold. Like, and you're, t- you're, you're, you're making me feel, you're making me feel bad because you're taking a thousand dollars off a $90,000 car. Like, come, don't yeah. give me that bullshit. Yeah. And so I just like got up and walked. And of course they've called me like three times, but Generally speaking, when I get that itch to get a new car, if I go get the interior of my car detailed, it sort of satisfies that itch a little bit. Right. I, I love a car wash, Lance. I love a car wash. I love it. One of my favorite things. Good. All right. <laughs> now, I don't like doing it myself. Right, right. Uh, screw that jazz. But uh-huh. I love getting my car. I love the smell. Uh-huh. Love the smell. It's great. It's great. Sniff it. Sniff it real good. <laughs> um, all right. This is a good Reddit question this week. All right. Let me see if I can find it. Um, usually I have all these together this week because of the fucking webinars I didn't. <laughs> From Reddit user, I want to bet C. <laughs> okay. I guess. I don't know. Uh, I want to bet C asks... Dentists and hygienists, how much vomit? I've always wondered about this career. How much vomit do you guys handle in this career? Also, is it uncommon to actually be vomited on by the patient? Lance, how, how much vomit? <laughs> uh, very little. Yeah, I would say that's way, like, the vomit thing. I, maybe pediatric dentists are different. Yeah. Yeah, but. Right. 
probably. Especially here's a shameless plug for the iTero. Uh, you know, you go digital, you you don't get your risk for vomit is way way less. Yeah. You know when I get vomit, you know what? Like the number one thing in my office that has caused vomiting in the past. Tell me. Nitrous. Yep. It's me not taking a kid, like. It's, it's me not slowly or oxygenating a kid slowly enough. Uh-huh. If I'm, you know, because typically with kids, like you rapid induce them on nitrous, right? Like you start them at 50, uh-huh. but you got to like taper them down. You can start them immediately. You can't just turn them right back down to zero. Uh-huh. And when I've had somebody throw up in the office, it's been because they, they were on nitrous and I probably sped it up too much. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've had three times, uh, two of the three nitrous is involved. Yeah. I think I've had two. I think I've had, I think, yeah, I think I've had like three. And yeah, I think maybe all three nitrous was, I don't know as if I've ever had a impression vomit. We've had a lot of dry heaves with the impressions, but never. Yeah, dry heaves don't count. No, no, but it's actual vomit that then yeah. you got to get the air fresheners out to mask that Ugh. horrible smell. Yeah. Ugh. What's what's uh, one time the guy had a rubber dam in there and, and it was just it, Ooh, it got def- a tough one. It got deflected onto my assistant. So, oh, <laughs> and you try not to laugh, but uh, it's like a flume, like rubber dam, <laughs> like vomit flumes the vomit right into the assistant's lap. Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. Yeah. Um, almost always kids. I'm trying to think if I've ever had an adult vomit. Um, I had it's one, been a long time. One sedation. Our rule with the sedation is is you you know no eating or drinking after six yeah. o'clock the night before. And this woman she vomits and then she goes, I'm like, that's a lot of stuff in there. And she goes, Well, all I had was a protein shake. I'm like, you understand that that counts as you ingested something. Well, you said food and this was a drink. Yeah, God, people are dumb. You asshole. But then you know, like I think about the fucking gremlins. Do you remember gremlins? Yeah. That that he had one job. Don't feed them after midnight. Right. And literally the first night of having them. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're yeah. eating fried chicken after midnight. Literally night one. Yeah. I'm pretty it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but is that what happened? Yeah. Was it the sure. first night he takes the gremlins home or the Mogwai or whatever? Yeah. Mowgli? Yeah, something like that. What yeah. an asshole. Yeah. What, like, the, the, the weird Asian guy just told you, uh-huh. don't let him eat after midnight. It was probably 9.30 when you picked him up. Uh-huh. It's two and a half hours later, they're eating, like, Popeyes or the yeah. Colonel or whatever. one. <laughs> oh, my God. I got an like, idea. It's terrible. It's literally like, oh, I'm 16. I get my car, turning out of the parking lot of the car dealership, I wrap it around a telephone pole. That's pretty much what happened in Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. The cocoons made by the Mogwai um, are made after the Mogwai eats food after midnight. After a few hours, the Mogwai is now performed or transformed into a scaly Gremlin, which hatches from the... From the cocoon. I'm pretty sure it was the night he got the Mogwai. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I had, when I was a kid, I don't, see, what what year did that movie come out? Uh, Gremlins 80, came out in 85. Is that right? Maybe. 84. Okay. So I was five years old. I was so fucking horny for, uh, <laughs> who's the main one? Phoebe Cates. Who's the main? No, no, I was five for Gizmo. I had Gizmo oh. everything. I was so horny for Gizmo when I was five years old. Like, I had to have everything Gizmo, like the plush Gizmo, Gizmo pencil holder, Gizmo pajamas, Gizmo everything. It wasn't wow. until I was 13 that I was horny for Phoebe Cates. But it was like in, in a kid being obsessed with shit way i was obsessed with gizmo horny for gizmo all right um what's the plot here randall peltzer a struggling investor visits chinatown this is racist so <laughs> you could again you could not get away with this today right visits a chinatown antique store in hopes of finding a christmas present for son billy in the store randall encounters a small furry creature called the mogwai the owner mr wing 
<laughs> so bad. <laughs> Refuses to sell the creature to Randall. However, his grandson secretly sells the Mogwai to Randall, warning him to remember three important rules that must never be broken. Do not expose the Mogwai to bright lights or sunlight, which will kill it. Do not let it get wet and never let it feed after midnight. Randall returns home to Kingston Falls where he gives the Mogwai to Billy as a pet. Billy works at the local p- bank where he fears his dog Barney will be captured and killed by the elderly Mr. Deagle. Randall names the Mogwai Gizmo, and Billy makes sure to treat him well. When Billy, when Billy's friend Pete spills a glass of water over Gizmo, five more Mogwai spawn from his back, and more troublemaking is led by the aggressive Stripe. Billy shows with the Mogwai his formal science teacher, Mr. Hansen, spawning another Mogwai on whom Hansen experiments. Back at home, Stripe's gang tricks Billy into feeding them after midnight by chewing out the powder cord to his bedside clock. They make cocoons, as done Hansen's Mogwai, shortly after the cocoons hatch, and they emerge as mischievous reptilian monsters that torture Gizmo and try to murder Billy's mother while Hansen is killed by his gremlin. Billy is a horrible pet owner. He's he's not a good one, no. Such a dick. <laughs> Billy Pelter. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, Phoebe Cates is hot. Phoebe Cates is super hot. Sure is. She was. How old were you when? Oh my God! Okay, wait. Is Phoebe Cates married to Kevin Klein? She is. Holy moly! Yeah. I thought for a second that was Geraldo Rivera. In the picture. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Phoebe Cates married to Geraldo? Oh, no, a, it's Kevin Klein. Yeah. yeah. Um, she gave up her. How career. old were you? Fast Times was eighty two. Was uh-huh. that a seminal <laughs> movie yeah. for you? I was seventh grade, so in order to see, yeah, it, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. What was the last time she was in anything? 2001. Very strange. What yeah. happened? She married Kevin and started having kids. So, Is she fat now? No, I saw a picture not long ago, and she's, she looks great. Man, you you think she'd be she'd be working the roles? It's not like it's not like he's in. Uh, it's not like Kevin Klein is in like Independence Day, or he's you know he's not making like billion dollar movies. No, no, I I think I I think it's kind of like Rick Moranis where gave it all up to raise the kids, and, yeah. and now the kids are you know raised. It's time to get back. Fast Times at Richmond High, great flick, man. Oh yeah, such a good flick. And she's hot. That red bathing suit, Jesus. Oh yeah seared into my memory although i really didn't experience that till i was till like the mid 90s but like i was at the kind of same age that you were when you saw it for the first time and i found it because of the internet and it was amazing oh yeah so less vomit than we really think or less vomit than than i want to betsy right would think let's let's go through some of the some of the deal here um, Mooks DMD says my assistant gets puked on at least once a year from taking an alginate impression. She needs to work on her technique. Once a year seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. Yeah. I think I'd be concerned. That's a lot. I'd- yeah, there's something going. You're using a lot of alginate. <laughs> yeah. The really long set stuff and trays that are too big. Have you seen those pictures uh, of people with uh, the longest uh, alginate that went down their throat? So you got yeah. Got the uvula um, impression as well as their I always, trachea. I always want those patients' phone numbers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I could, I, I couldn't reach that with. Right. <laughs> it's not going to make any difference for me. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. I was working on a patient who. This is from Skiasso. I was working on a patient who brought their kids in with them. It was in a Medicaid office, and that was pretty common due to them having issues getting childcare for an hour-long appointment. Anywho, kids were jumping around like poor kids, and I was just trying to get through the appointment before they injure themselves. One stares at me in the face for like three seconds, says, Mommy, I don't feel good. Hurls all over my operatory. The mom at least cleaned it up. Wow. wow. Solid. There you go. I have another one. I haven't been puked on in six or seven years. Um, had a few patients puke in the sink or wastebasket. Mostly happens to kids during fluoride treatments. No, it, no it's... Uh. It's nitrous. You know, fluoride's a neurotoxin. I heard that on the internet. <laughs> uh, Dr. Oz told me that. Yeah. I threw up in a miniature trash can immediately after waking up from my wisdom teeth removal. So I'd like to formally apologize to possibly adding to the stories here. You're fine. <laughs> um, was on the receiving of it four times in 10 years. Twice was impressions. Um, once was sealant application. The assistant pressed the tongue too hard. One was fluoride, the viscous gel one. Haven't had any issues with the with the varnish. 
pretty cool if you ever get to see it gurgling up. Um, we have a very different yeah. <laughs> definition of what's cool. I mean, this is not a Cosby sweater we're talking about. So Yeah, no, that's great. That is great. Um, used to see the occasional child on nitrous puke and probably had a few pukers during allergy impressions, but thankfully it's fairly rare. Yeah, re- really rare. Probably pedo more often. Yeah. Um, and or sedation y people. I'm sure OMS and whatnot where they're sedating and having all that. Mm-hmm. Probably more so than what we're doing. And yeah, you, you take impressions out of the whole deal. Yeah. And that's um, that takes takes a bunch of it out. So let's go to their profile. Um, they have three posts. <laughs> <laughs> One is in dentistry, dentists and hygienists, how much vomit. Another one is in dental RDH. How often do dental hygienists deal with vomit? So this is... A fixation. Yeah, they're really into this idea. Mm -hmm. That's two out of their three posts. The other post is um, in the subreddit for the TV show Big Brother. (laughs) (laughs) And it's something about Big Brother season one. That's it. That's huh. those are the three things they posted wow. on Reddit. Okay. Very strange. Very strange. Like this is a person who has a weird vomit fetish, and also loves reality television, like deep cut reality television, like yeah. shit that was popular God knows how many years ago. Wow. Jesus, Lance. This shit just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, you got any good vomit stories? No, I really don't. Just that one with rubber dam and deflected to the assistant. The chick yeah. that thought a shake didn't count as food. And then a kid. Nitrous. Yeah. Uh, Yuck. I'm glad it's not something we have to deal with all that much. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Lance, it's going to be about it for tonight. I think we've had enough vomit and gizmo talk. Being All right. horny for gizmo. Sounds about right. <laughs> um, whose turn is it for a song? That would be you. Okay. I got a good one. Good. It comes with a story, so it's great. Okay. Uh, so I'm going hit to the, hit the beats at the end. Um, don't forget to share this with your friends. Um, if you enjoy this, you probably have a friend you went to dental school with or colleagues when you refer to, some you refer, get patients from, somebody that may enjoy the show. So let them know about it. Um, that's how we grow the show. Oh, it would greatly help us um, to grow our audience and, and get back on the charts and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and that's how we do it. Uh, leave us a review wherever you're listening to this show, whether it be iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify. If you're flicking through the Podbean, um, how many stars should they flick, Lance? I like five. I like five, too. I like five, too. So hit us up with a five-star review. That'd be great. Um, you can find us on the web, www. God damn it. <laughs> you can find us on the web at workinginterferences.com. Uh, you can find us on all the social bullshits. Facebook, Work Interferences with Josh and Lance. Instagram, at Winterferences. Twitter, at Winterferences. Mash that follow button. You can find me on Instagram at Joshua Austin DDS. You can find Lance on uh, in, Jesus. <laughs> find Lance on Instagram at Dr Timmerman DMD. All right, so I got a, I got a story here. Okay. The year is two thousand. Okay. <laughs> Question mark two thousand. Uh, the year's two thousand. Okay. Um, I'm in Austin, Texas. And I'm going to see a artist who I just got their newest album at, when, at the time of this concert. Um, and it was a little known guy from Georgia um, who hadn't, nobody really had heard of him, but it, you know, was, was starting to get a little bit of a following. He's playing a, a fairly small club on 4th Street in Austin. Okay. Um, and so saw he's in town, got tickets. That gentleman happened to be uh, John Mayer was the name of the guy. All right. So very okay. early show, probably 250 people at the most All right. were there. It was, it was literally like right before Room for Squares came out. Okay. So whatever album was before Room for Squares, um, very small time, you know, not a big deal. And he had a guy opening for him who wore this weird hat and was kind of strange. 
and played his set and kind of in the time that they're sort of turning over the equipment and whatnot, um, I go to the bathroom. He's in the bathroom at the same time with his face buried in a pile of cocaine. I mean, huh? just fucking buried in a pile of cocaine, just right. as like a Hoover vacuum of cocaine. And I was like, oh, all right. This is just, I'm, you know, 20 in college. Like, whatever. Uh-huh. It is what it is. Uh-huh. Do my business, wash my hands, go out. Guy's name is Jason Mraz, who is now, <laughs> like, you know, five years later is a big thing and yeah. whatever. But so I just kind of always remembered that story of just like watching Jason Mraz like put his face in a pile of cocaine on the sink, this dirty sink in a club in Austin, Texas. And, uh, <laughs> Today on my Pandora at the office, he a cover came on, a cover song that he did came on. This really fly, is really dope cover of the song by, um, oh God, who sang it originally? Um, I think Seals and Crofts, Summer Breeze. Okay. So this is a cover of Summer Breeze by Jason Mraz. And as you're thinking, as you're listening to this and sort of the soft and dulcet tones, just imagine this guy's face buried in a mound of cocaine, <laughs> and it makes it even better. Do you know this song? Was this like an original of, of yours? Like, 72 is maybe a little early for you. No, I'm not familiar with it. You never heard Summer Breeze? I'm sure I... I'm sure I... Summer Breeze oh. makes me feel fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would have thought that was kind of more in your wheelhouse of a 72. No. No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, all right. familiar with it, but uh, I mean, that was the back of the day of AM radio. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of songs that... <laughs> I heard a lot of shit, and I don't like it. I think this is good. I like it. It holds up. Jason Mraz is good. Hopefully, he's kicked his cocaine habit. And uh, anyway, what, what was our... What was it? what was our tagline? I f- forgot. Celebrate it the foreskin. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, you had to remind me. Okay, good. Yeah, let me. All right, all right, good. Um, so anyway, so this is uh, "Summer Breeze" by Jason by Cokehead Jason Mraz. Um, for Lance Timmerman, <laughs> this is Joshua Austin. Thank you for listening to Working Interferences. Celebrate the foreskin. Curtains hanging in the window in the evening on a Friday evening. A little light shining through the window lets me know that everything's alright. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Sidewalk, a little music from the house next door. Who lives next door? So I walk on up to the doorstep, through the screen, and then across the floor. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. And playing a tune When I come home From a home 
waiting in the kitchen. Our food are cooking and the plates are there for two. You, you out to hold me in the evening or when the day is through Come up on summer summer breeze makes me feel fine blowing through my mind Summer breeze makes me feel fine blowing through my making me feel right making me Make me feel fine, make me feel right. Blow it into the jazz, making my mind. 